0: Your mind is like water. When it's turbulent, it's difficult to see. When it's calm, everything becomes clear. Prasad Mahes. Hello. So what are you thinking? You're listening to the Healthy Mind, Healthy Self Show. I'm your host, Martha Alvarez, psychotherapist and life coach, and this is a place for you to explore your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors so that you can make more mindful choices, achieve those things that you so desire. So tune in and enjoy. Hey there welcome to today's show where i'm going to be talking about mental clutter how to clear it up i mean every day each of us has so much stuff going on our thoughts our circumstances ideas plans hardships everything definitely even joy anyhow as a result our mind can start getting really really cluttered so today i'm going to share with you how you can clear up some of that mental space and more specifically the kind of mental space that isn't helping the kind of uh, mental clutter that is actually not letting you be the best you that you can be so i'm going to talk about three things in particular three thought patterns the first one is racing thoughts and um racing thoughts are fast moving thoughts You can't stop them. They're like random, coming from all sorts of directions, all sorts of content, sometimes even the same content showing up in different ways. And when you have racing thoughts, you may find that it's really difficult to focus. You're often thinking about uh, what you're worried about, or maybe you're stuck in regret mode. In any case, it creates a sense of being out of control. And racing thoughts can occur for a variety of reasons, but they're often triggered by stress. By stress or, you know, often also by poor sleep. If you have insomnia and it's really catching up to you, some medicines are known to trigger racing thoughts. And certainly they can also be part of an underlying medical condition. But racing thoughts, it's just... A lot of stuff going on really fast in your mind and you seem like out of control. Sometimes racing thoughts are short-lived and then other times they hang around for a while and they become a little bit more concerning. So that's the first one, racing thoughts. Second kind of thinking I'm talking about is what we call ruminating. And when you ruminate, you're basically overthinking. You're obsessing about situations. And if you think of it like a hamster in a hamster wheel, where it's just spinning and spinning and you can't seem to get off that wheel, that's what it feels like. And some thinking can be very adaptive when you start thinking a lot about it when it's directed towards you know, achieving something, uh, healthy goals, that's okay. Again, short-term, not long-term. But most of the time when you're ruminating, you are worried or and you're thinking about past events and future events, and it's causing distressing thoughts. Often that shows up with a lot of judgment or criticism or guilt or fear or shame, all of that stuff you know, hangs out with ruminating. So when you find yourself overthinking and obsessing in that manner, then it may start causing a lot of anxiety. The third one is negative thoughts. And these are thoughts about yourself or others or the world that have a um, bad or negative outcome. I mean, you may feel disappointment when you feel these thoughts or you feel stuck or helpless or sad or anxious. So negative thoughts are not resourceful. They're not uplifting. They kind of weigh you down. You're seeing the world from a view of nothing good is going to happen, or you're operating out of fear. So these three thought patterns in particular, racing thoughts, ruminating and negative thoughts, you know, can cause a lot of just mental clutter, feeling stuck and full and overwhelmed in your brain. Basically, the cause of these thoughts, I mean, there's a lot of causes that can be habits and, you know, circumstances and even mental health and medical conditions. But underlying all of that is when we're talking about stress. And when I use the word stress, I'm basically talking about overwhelm. So, feeling overwhelmed where this is how it's showing up and you're feeling overwhelmed in a variety of situations and it could be overwhelmed with information. I mean, nowadays it's so easy to get overwhelmed with information as our emails get flooded, you know, our inbox gets flooded. We have a lot of information just coming out digitally, social media from the news We have information coming out from other people, other people's stuff, you know, people telling you all their stuff or even gossip. All of that is information. It creates an information overload, which can definitely cause stress and overwhelm. Another way that stress and overwhelm shows up is if you have a whole bunch of choices. I mean, you would think that increased choices would be a good thing, but not always. Because often it leaves you to feel like uncertain. I can't choose. Or maybe you procrastinate. And so many decisions overload us. So, you know, how do you pare down that decision making? Do you really have to decide anything? And how do you set yourself up so that you don't have to be making so many choices where it takes you to a state of overwhelm? Another way that this stress can show up is by tending to all your thoughts. I mean, we have over 60,000, I don't know, somewhere between 50 and 70,000. I choose 60,000 thoughts a day and you don't have to pay attention to all of them. I mean, thoughts just come into your mind and, you know, they can just ease their way out. You don't have to like stop them and think about them, tend to them, figure them out, figure out if they're real or not. Sometimes they just need to keep on going. Thoughts can just uh, pop in randomly, okay? So if you are tending to all your thoughts and you're thinking about your thinking all day long, undoubtedly, that's going to create overwhelm. And then here's another one, physical clutter. Physical clutter actually can cause mental clutter, And that's because there's no space, there's no white space, there's no breathing room, there's too much stimulation, and our senses are taking all that in, thus it's creating mental, emotional stress. And what I mean with physical clutter, I mean, is everything. I mean, all the papers that maybe are on your desk, or the books, or the clothes, or the gadgets, or the toys, or stuff in your garage, or whatever it is physical clutter definitely influences how we think, how we feel. So again, there's all these reasons as to why we can get overwhelmed and stressed with our thinking and basically you can do something about it. You can declutter your thinking, your mind. So how are you going to do that? Well, all right, let's start with the questions you may want to ask yourself. First of all, ask yourself, do I need this thought? Is it serving me? I mean, is it helpful? Is it useful? Why am I thinking this? And then ask yourself, am I willing to let this thought go? As a default answer, that might seem like a hard yes, but often I notice that sometimes that's the most difficult part. Some thoughts, even though they're distressing, they can actually be comforting. It's like, you know, that thought already, you have felt that you've been there and in a weird way, you don't want to let it go. So that's how you start. You ask yourself those questions and then you start by practicing Your awareness to your thinking. You notice your thoughts and you challenge your self talk. And you do that with a lot of compassion and gratitude, compassion for yourself, not judging and just knowing that this is where you're at, this is what you're thinking. But you look at it in a way that it's not like there's something wrong with me. I am normal human, just having this experience and here's what I notice. I'm having these thoughts. I'm feeling stuck. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling stressed. And then you choose to replace it, release it. And you do that with a lot of gratitude, knowing that you have the choice to do that. So that's the first thing is noticing and creating awareness of your thought patterns. Next I'm a big proponent on journaling. And that's basically because you can actually dump your thoughts on paper. And you'd be surprised when you start writing things down, the stuff that comes out, sometimes very consciously, other times very subconsciously. It's a way to organize your mind and to release it. So if you haven't tried it, I mean, try it for a few minutes. That's how you start journal for 5 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you can. And as you can continue to do this, you may find that you start writing more and you go in deeper. Somehow when you write, you release. So it doesn't work as well if you're typing something out or if you're doing a voice memo or something like that. I mean, you certainly can do that, but I find that journaling paper and pen works the best. Next tip I have for you is to actually start making decisions. Write down the stuff that you decided and the why. The why is the crucial part. Circling back around too much information and too many decisions. We want to find a solution when we can. Not everything has a solution, but sometimes the solution and the decision is that I'm going to be okay with the uncertainty, with not knowing, with letting things evolve. And that's a decision and that's okay. So... Making a decision and writing it down allows you to circle back around. When you start thinking about that, you gain awareness. Oh, there's that thought again. And then you pull that paper out and you're like, I already made that decision. And here was the why. So that kind of stops the mental clutter in its tracks because you already did that. And you can schedule some decision-making or worry time just make sure that it doesn't take up too much of your time, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day. If that's what you need to do, say, okay, this is a time I'm going to go all in. I'm going to think I'm going to worry. I'm going to decide I'm going to write it down. And then that's it. Now you can release that. Next thing I want to encourage you to do is to actually declutter your environment. Again, we want some space, something that makes us feel calm, some sense of order, some sense of control. And you can do that by decluttering your environment. And for some people that might take a little bit more than others, but you can always start small, whether it's just your desk or maybe it's a drawer, or maybe it's your kitchen pantry, whatever it is, start small. And it's actually going to make you feel good. It's going to make you feel like you accomplished something. It's going to give you hope that you can just keep doing this and you can actually. Where we get stuck is if we try to declutter the whole house, or sometimes if you want to just basically... Empty out your entire closet and it's going to be a full day's event, that might not work so well for some of you. For some people, they you know they take that on and they do it all at one time and it feels great and they're very productive. But for others, you got to chunk it down. So whatever works for you that's what you do. You declutter your environment, you spruce it up, you um, make it fresh and clean and create more space so that all that energy can flow more freely on a physical level and on a mental level. Somehow you will be able to relax and rest and you'll just feel freer. And the last tip I have for you might Could have been the first one because it applies to everything, which is just to slow down, connect with yourself. You can do that really well by meditating, focusing on just your breath and just releasing everything else. Take a few minutes to make that a daily practice where you can just be still. There's a lot of growth that happens in stillness. And practice is the key to that. Along with that is trying to rest and sleep. So these are the tips that I have for you today on how you can start decluttering your mind so that you feel more vigor, you feel more relaxed, you feel clearer, and you just start radiating at another frequency. All right, my friends, until next week, I hope that was useful. Think well and be well. Catch you soon. One more thing. Thanks for listening to my Perfectly Imperfect show. Keep in mind that I'm sharing thoughts and experiences And the information on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health or medical professional. If you have a moment to leave a rating or a review, that would be great. It's a way of sharing so that more people can find the show and start making some small shifts.